Uh, good morning and welcome to worship. My name is Andy Nelms and I have uh, the privilege uh, of being associate pastor here at Lover's Lane and a pastor at Thrive and I'm going to welcome you again this morning. Uh, whether you are here in person or whether you are online, uh, maybe you're a longtime member or maybe it's your first time here. Whatever the case, I want to welcome you. We are so excited that we get a chance to worship with you this morning. And um, and, and before we begin worship, uh, I, I just want to acknowledge that, you know, there is, there is hurt in our world, especially this week. Um, as the uh, events in Afghanistan, Kabul continue um, to unravel, and it seems like every time we, uh, we check the news, there's some other horrific event. Um, we are still praying for our brothers and sisters in Haiti uh, as they continue to recover. And, uh, and, and, and I am aware that there are things happening in this world that are not God's will. And my hope and my prayer is that, that we as followers of Christ would, would be the kingdom bearers, would be the people that bring what God wants for this world to those nearest to us and those far away. And so this morning, we're going to talk about neighboring. We're going to talk about how to bless those nearest to us. And, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about how our story might be good news for those who receive bad news. And, and my hope and my prayer is that that would not be the case only for our neighbors, but those around the world as well. And so I, I, I hope that we will continue to be in prayer about um, those people and continue to be in prayer about how we might be moved to action as well. This morning, we are uh, concluding a series called The Art of Neighboring, and um, this series has been all about um, how to neighbor really well. Jesus said the two most important commandments were to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and Jesus said the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. What we've realized is that Jesus was telling somebody who already neighbored really well, Right? Like he, this person that Jesus was telling was an Israelite. He, he loved his neighbors very well. In fact, it was he and his neighbors against the world. And so, so really, it didn't really matter who his neighbors were. It, they, it was, they, were, they were thick, they were tight. Right? And so this person asked, Who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells him the story of the Good Samaritan, right? Somebody who was hurt and the least likely person actually helped him and, and became his neighbor. And so we've used that story um, to explain how our neighbor is really everybody, right? Like our neighbor is, is really everyone kind of around the world. And that is true. But my hope, my prayer is, is that we would not apply the neighbor to everyone around the world so that we don't have to end up loving our actual neighbor, but that we would actually focus on those people that live nearest to us. And so we've been asking you to pray for the eight closest people that live, to, uh, that live near you, right? Your eight closest neighbors. And, and, and to pray for those people, actually learn their names, learn something about them, and learn about their hopes, their dreams, their goals, their fears, their beliefs. And when we start to be in relationship with these kinds of people, we actually find an opportunity to share our story. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning is about sharing our story. And, and, and I think this is probably um, the, the thing that makes us the most nervous as Christians. All right, can we just have like an honesty moment? Sharing our story makes us a little nervous, right? Um, sharing our faith can be awkward, can be awkward, you know, and, and um, depending on your experience growing up, um, maybe with a faith home or, or maybe having friends who were of a different tradition or, or maybe, you know, seeing something that happened that was from a different tradition, you know, sharing our faith can be awkward, you know, and, and when we have the opportunity, we might, we might retract from it. 
that happened to me um, uh, a little while ago. There was a time where I was uh, on a plane. I, I was flying for one reason or another. It wasn't with family, but it was, um, it was to some event. And, and on my way back, um, it was the time we lived in Oklahoma, on our flight back, um, I, I came and found my seat, and, um, and the person next to me was speaking um, to the person in front of him, and the person next to me uh, w- was, was clearly a, a big fan of, like, death metal, right, of, like, rock metal. He had a Mastodon t-shirt, which is a big, like, death metal band, and, you know, like, long hair and a long beard, and, and he was talking to the person in front of him, and as soon as I sat down, I quickly realized that um, they were having a conversation about Christians, um, and, and about how they really didn't like Christians and how they felt like all Christians were hypocritical. This was the conversation that I sat down next to and, um, and, and, and immediately just felt incredibly uncomfortable. It's just, you know, okay, here we go, you know, here we go. And, um, and you know, I, I didn't say anything right away, right? And, um, and then their conversation finished, the, the, the flight took off, and I started to talk to this person that was sitting next to me, and I found out that uh, he was actually in a death metal band, and, uh, and they were actually, had been on a European tour, and, uh, and this was his flight back home, and, um, and, and he kept, like, making these, like, small comments about, you know, again, it was a time when I lived in Oklahoma, he kept making these comments about, you know, Christians in Oklahoma, and he kept making these comments, and and to be honest, I was, I was afraid. I was afraid because, you know, we're on this flight together. And, and what if I say something that makes this just incredibly uncomfortable and now we have to sit next to each other in silence? And, and what if I say something that really offends him? Or what if I say something? And, and so I'll be honest, I, I was so afraid that I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything about my faith life. I didn't say anything about my profession as a pastor. I, I I didn't say any of that, and and because I didn't say any of that, this person went on believing what he believed about Christianity and about Christians. And I believe that was a failure on my part, and I look back on that, and, and I regret the actions that I took and the actions that I didn't take. But I want to let you know, I know that sharing our faith can be awkward. Sharing our faith can be awkward. We don't want to be categorized as those people. You know what I mean? Like whatever those people are in your mind, like we don't want to be categorized as those people. You know, like if I share my faith with somebody, if I, if I invite them to church, then they're going to instantly think that, you know, like the only reason I'm in a relationship with them is to, you know, save their soul or something. Like I don't want to, I don't want to share my faith. We don't want to ruin a relationship. You know, maybe we've been developing a relationship with somebody for a long time. These are neighbors. These are friends. We've been, we've been in a relationship for a long time. And if I introduce this thing to it, then it, then it might tarnish our relationship. It might taint it. It might make it, you know, like, it might make it worse. And I don't want to do anything to, to ruin this relationship. We're, we're afraid of being told no. We're afraid of being told no. Like, what if I invite them to church and they say no? And, and, and then there's that kind of, like, awkward pause afterwards and, and what if they think less of me? What if they think, think less of me? What if I, what if I do that and, and this goes wrong? Well, what we realize from the Gospels is, is that it's not so much about sharing our faith, but about sharing our story. It's not so much about sharing our faith, but sharing our story. And sharing our story is a result of being in relationship. When we are in relationship with someone, when we are in relationship, we, we share our story, right? There, we in, like immediately as we start to get to know somebody, we start sharing parts of ourselves and our story and how we got to where we are. That's what sharing our faith is. 
is sharing our story. And so we're going to learn this morning about sharing our story from the Gospels. Um, We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke. It's in the New Testament, kind of the later half of the Bible. And the Gospels tell the story of of Jesus. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke. If you have your Bible with you, if you uh, use your Bible on your phone, however you engage with the Bible, if you're at home, if you're in person, I encourage you to use your Bible this morning. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verse 16 through 19, starting out. And just a little bit of context for the scripture, early on in the gospel of Luke, um, Jesus has like begun his ministry. And the first thing that Jesus did was um, go to the Jordan River and be baptized by his cousin John. We call him John the Baptist. And, and he was baptized and, and this great event happened where the spirit of the Lord appeared as a dove and, and God spoke to the people and said, this is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. This amazing event happened and immediately Jesus was driven out into the wilderness to be tempted uh, by Satan, to be tempted. And, and we see these kind of events happen. Jesus wanders in the desert and is famished and all these things happen. And after that event, after the desert event, Jesus immediately goes to Nazareth. You ever had just like a really hard time? You ever had just like maybe a really hard week or a really, you know, hard time and just think, man, I I just want to go home. You know, like I I, I just want to be home. I just want to be with my people. I I just want to be home. That was Jesus, right? Went through this desert. I just want to be home. And so that's what he did. He went home to Nazareth. And we read in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verse 16 through 19. He went, Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. To preach good news, uh, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus finds this place in the scroll of Isaiah. In the middle of the synagogue, he finds a place in the scroll of Isaiah. This is like Jesus' thesis statement. Jesus is like, this is what I'm about. As you heard Pastor Kay say, this was his announcement to the people. This is what I am here to do. And notice what he is here to do, right? He, he, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed him to preach good news to the poor, um, to proclaim release for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. This is what Jesus has come to do. Jesus' story was good news for people who only had bad news, right? The people who only had bad news, Jesus is like, I am good news for them. Jesus' story was good news for people who only had bad news. What about yours? Is your story good news for people who only have bad news? I think part of the reason that we're anxious about sharing our story, about sharing our faith, is because we aren't sure who it's good news for. Right? And sometimes when we hear people share their story, it turns out being bad news for everybody else. Right? Like, like when we hear people share their story, sometimes when it's not done very well, we hear about people who are saved and everybody else who's going to hell. Right? Like, like I'm, I'm so glad God picked me and saved me from all of this and it stinks for all of you. That is not what Jesus came here to do. Jesus stands in the synagogue full of religious people. These are the good church people of Jesus' time, right? This is, this is, these are the good people. And Jesus stood there in the synagogue and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to, to proclaim good news to whom? 
not you, the poor. To proclaim release for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind. Everybody who's not here, I am good news for them. Is your story good news for people who have only had bad news? As we think about sharing our story with our friends, our family, our loved ones, our neighbors, as we think about sharing our story with them, who is it good news for? Because if it's just for us, then we've lost the point. Jesus' story was good news for people who only had bad news. And, and when Jesus says this, right, he reads this prophet, uh, the, the prophet Isaiah, he reads this, and, he's, and he, he does all of this, and he says that this word has been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I am here to do this thing. And when he does that, the room is kind of split, all right? Like, like, you know, Jesus was kind of a divisive guy, and so there were some people who, who were amazed at what they heard. Right? And, and they instantly got it. They were like, yeah, that, that, that is what he's about. I, I know about him and this is what he's here to do. Um, there were others who, who weren't so excited about what Jesus said. And there were others who had, like, had the issue of like, watching Jesus grow up. You know, and, and, and so they like couldn't wrap their minds around it, right? They said, is this Joseph's son? Like this is, um, you know, we, we know this guy. He, he, he you know, this isn't, this isn't who he really is. We, we know who he really is. And, and then there was like people who were really enraged by what Jesus said. There were people who were really enraged by what Jesus said. And I have to believe that they were enraged by what Jesus said because what Jesus said meant change. That the way we have been living up to this point isn't going to be good enough moving forward. That just sharing the good news with us isn't going to be enough anymore. That it has to be good news for people who only had bad news. And, and that upset some people. And, and, and they started to get enraged. And so we read this, um, skipping ahead a few verses in verse 28 of chapter 4, verse Luke. We, we read this, that all the people in the synagogue... Right. This this means that like this, this like the the insiders you know like the gossipers the whisperers had like you know finally gotten everybody on board and and now they had like they they had a quorum you know like they were like okay we've got critical mass let's let's go do this so now it's all the people in the synagogue uh, were furious when they heard this and they got up and they drove him out of town and they took him to the brow of a hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff but he walked right through the crowd. And went on his way. All because his good news was good news for people who only had bad news. Right? In other words, there's theologian who said that they have come to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. This was Jesus' entire ministry to, to, to uh, uh, afflict the comfortable and to comfort the afflicted. This, was, this is what Jesus was trying to do. Jesus shares this, his story in Nazareth, in his hometown where people saw him grow up. Jesus shares his story and they try to kill him for it. But I think it's worth knowing that, that Jesus will have successful ministry with his story just about everywhere else. For three years, he will continue to share his story and he will gain such acclaim for sharing his story that three years later, when he enters Jerusalem for the last time, there will be a parade for him. And Jesus' story ultimately changed the world. 
What will happen when we share our story? Because if it just remains our story, it will have no world-changing ability, right? If we just keep it to ourselves, if we just hold it tight to ourselves and keep this a secret, what we do on Sunday morning when we attend small group, when we attend Bible study, when we pray in the morning, if we just keep that to ourselves, it will have zero world-changing ability. But if we share our story, which is what we do naturally in relationships. We, when we gain a relationship with somebody, we naturally share who we are. When we share our story and we share our faith in that way, it has the power to change the world. And so I want to encourage you this morning to share your story. To share your story. And I have, I have just like, some, like a guide on, on what I think that means to share your story, right? And so I just want to like encourage you, if you think this means like standing on a street corner with a megaphone, uh, like that's, I, I, I don't do that, all right? Just, just let's, let, let's agree not, and if you do, don't tell them what church you go to, all right? Um, you, you, you go somewhere else, but um, uh, no, 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 no. I mean, if that's what God has called you to do, obviously do that, right? Okay, but, but, but you, instead, maybe try these things, okay? So this is like a, a guide on, on maybe how to share our story, uh, and it's all about like the four things to know, uh, K-N-O-W, right? The, the four things to know, and, and the first is this, know when to engage. There's a right time and a wrong time to share your story, Right? When somebody is going through a crisis in their life and, 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 you know, and you're with them and they've just learned that their loved one went into the hospital, you know, like, there's, there's going to be a time to share your story, but, but maybe like, let, the, let the tension settle a bit. Right? Like maybe you know, let them know you're praying for them, but, 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 but don't use this as a time to convert them. Right? Like, this, is, this is not the time. Know when the right time is. Know when to engage. And, and, um, and uh, Pastor Andy Stanley uh, says to listen for the knots. Um, N-O-T-S, listen for the knots. Um, things are not going well, right? You know, our, our, our marriage is struggling. There's, there's, you know, some things going on and, and things, are, things are just not going well. You know, we're not involved in church, uh, right? It's a great, great invitation, to, great time to make an invitation to church. And, um, and uh, we did not see that coming, you know, like, like this, you know, we moved here um, from out of state and, you know, and then we lost our job. We did not see that coming. You know, we had a diagnosis. We just, we did not see that coming. Listen for the knots and know when to engage. Know when the right time is. Know when to engage. The second thing is to know what to ask. Sharing our story begins with hearing their story right? It, it does not begin with our story. It, it does not begin on us going on a monologue about all of these things that Jesus has done in our life. That, that's not, not how it begins, but it begins with the question, right? What was your experience of faith growing up? Did you go to church? Was that a good experience or was that a, was that a bad experience? Um, what do you believe about life? What are your goals? What are your hopes? Right? If we don't listen for their story, we have little hope of them listening to ours. Know what to ask these engaging, deeper questions, more than just, you know, how's the weather or, or you know, how's your family, but, but more about the, the deeper parts of life. Know what to ask. And then know what to say. Right? This is the opportunity. Once you hear their story, then is the opportunity for you to share your story and your experience of faith. And it's important for us to know when we share our story, who is it good news for? Again, because if it's just good news for us, then there's little chance of anybody wanting to be a part of that. 
But it's, if it's good news, just like Jesus, if it's good news for people who have only had bad news, then that actually is good news, and somebody might want to be a part of that. This is a great time to talk about the, the good news for the people who need it, right? To talk about the, the food ministry that, are, that our church is engaged in, to talk about our kids' ministry, our student ministry, to talk about all the things that our church is doing, the, 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 all the ways in which our church is blessing the world, around the world. The, the, to know that our good news is good news for people who have only had bad news. That actually makes it good news. Know what to say. Share your experience. Right? This is not a time where we talk about, you know, like, I need you on your knees right now and, and to pray this prayer. But this is simply us sharing what we've experienced. I go to this church. I go to Thrive. I, I, I go to Lover's Lane. And, and, and it's been meaningful to us. And I believe it's helped us. And, and it's been powerful in our lives. And the fourth thing is know how to Invite. Right? To, to give an opportunity to respond. Say, you know, we, we attend this church. We, we come at, at 9.30 or, 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 you know, whatever time you come in. And, and you know, we, we, we come and, and we'd love for you to come with us. Even online, you know, we watch online and, and, and you know, we'll be there commenting with you. And, and we'd love for you to join us. Um, today, if you're in person, we actually have an opportunity to create an invitation. Following worship, um, we're going to have an opportunity to make what we're calling neighboring baskets. And, and these are just baskets full of stuff that, you know, you would just like fun gifts that you would give your neighbor, right? Um, we've got some potpourri, a, a notebook and a pen, a scented candle and, and, uh, and some sugar, right? Like, because you're like, you're, that's the thing. You always give your neighbor sugar. And, 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 uh, and there's actually an invitation to an event that's happening here at the church called our block party. On September 12th, we're having an event um, following the 11 o'clock service out in um, the parking lot of just a fun block party. And, and it's just going to be like games and food trucks and, and just fun stuff. And it's just creating an opportunity to invite somebody. And so here's what I hope we would do with these. I hope that each of us will make one of these after worship if you're in person. And, and, and if you're online, I hope that you'll pray about a neighbor that you will invite to worship with you. But if you're here in person, I hope that you'll make a basket. And I hope that we will give this to our neighbor, all right? No, like, hit-and-run invitation, okay? Um, this, is, this is not an opportunity for you to, like, sneak up on somebody's doorstep and, like, drop it and, like, ring the doorbell and run away, you know? And then be like, I invited them to worship. No, you, you like, dropped off a package, right? That was, um, it's good, but, but, but what if instead... What if instead, you know, like we've been getting to know our neighbors over the last several weeks, right? Maybe you've developed a relationship with, with one or two of them and, and you've prayed about it and said, you know, I think this is really the person we need to invite. And, and, and you just rang their doorbell and you and your, your family, whoever you are, and, and uh, you knocked on their door, rang their doorbell and, and just said, hey, you know, um, at our church, we, you know, we just, we've been praying for you. And, and I just, I hope that you're doing well. And, and, uh, and we're doing a fun event. In, uh, in a couple of weeks after Labor Day, um, just a fun block party. And, and I'd love for you to, you know, come with us, be our guest, and um, we can sit together and worship. And, and uh, we've got, you know, Sunday school from 11 to 12. And then after Sunday school, we've got food trucks and um, block party and just fun, fun things. We, we just, we'd love to have you. And then hand them the package and ask if they have any questions. Or, and, and here's the thing that we're wanting to get across is that we care about our neighbors, right? Because, I mean, once you hand them a package, like, the worst thing they could say is no, but thanks, right? Like, that's, like, the, the worst thing that could happen is, is that they would say no, but, but thank you, 
And they would take their package and they would light their cinder candle and they would know that somebody is praying for them. Right? Like that, 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 that's the worst thing that could happen. And here's the thing. We are sharing our story. We as people of faith are sharing our story. And this is not a church growth model. This is not like, you know, we want them to sit in our seats and give us money so that we can continue to support the building and pay the light bill and all this stuff. We are sharing our story. Because Jesus has invited us into relationship with people who need relationships. There are neighbors of ours that are dying for a friend. There are people who live near us that need human connection at a time when human connection is so hard to come by. There are people who live near us that are just hoping that somebody will connect with them. And I hope and I pray that somebody is us. Let us pray. God, we thank you that you have called us. Lord, that, that, that you are calling out to us, that you are inviting us not only into relationship with you through Jesus Christ. God, we thank you that you have saved us, that you have empowered us to, to, to be like you, to be with you. And, and God, we thank you for that. But we know that you have not only created us to be in relationship with you, but also relationship with others. And right now, God, we do pray for those around our world that are hurting this morning. Those families of soldiers and loved ones that have died in acts of terror those families and loved ones that have died in natural disasters, those who are awaiting storms to hit landfall, those who are, God, just hurting in the midst of a global pandemic, God, we, we pray your spirit would be with them. And right now, God, we, we pray for those neighbors of ours, those homes, those apartments, those doors, those faces, and God, we pray that as we are creating these baskets after worship, that, that a name would come to mind, a face would come to not mind, that, that we would have just the courage to make a simple invitation. And that the most important thing is that they would know that we love them. Not because of what they do or how much they make, but because you created them. And we ask this by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ who came and lived and taught us even how to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.